If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's time for the Sunday service. This is a bonus program for listeners of the Green Industry Podcast interested in learning more about the Bible and what it means to have a relationship with the Lord. Paul Jameson shares his passion for knowing God and believes that no matter how badly you've messed up in life, God loves you and wants you to know Him. Today's episode is not sponsored content and does not necessarily represent the views and or opinions of the advertisers heard on the Green Industry Podcast. You are welcome to send a direct message to Paul on Instagram with your questions and comments. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. And now here's the Sunday service with Paul Jameson. Welcome to today's Sunday service. We have a special guest in the house, Mr. Jason Creole. So I'm going to kick it over to him and I'll let him bless us today. Okay, uh, Paul, thanks for, for having me. And of course, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I think that's worth uh, emphasizing. I'm a lawn care guy. Um, but, you know, I heard what Paul's doing. I actually listened to uh, some of his Sunday service podcasts and I'm thankful to have the opportunity. But, you know, just thinking about what the Lord has done in my life. Uh, I didn't actually grow up in a Christian family. We, we didn't grow up in church and, uh, you know, just normal Southern family. We just weren't immoral people, but I used to go play golf with my granddad every Sunday morning, and that was just our normal routine, you know. And I think when things changed for me as I got a little older, maybe junior high age, I... Uh, I had a desire. I don't. I don't I'm not exactly. Well, I can look back and kind of see what happened. But I started um, reading my Bible. I did have a Bible, even though we didn't go to church. I remember I had one of those one of those uh, leather Bibles that had a zipper around. It. it was like a kid's Bible. Had pictures on that. So I, one day I just picked it up. And I started reading. I was like, well, like any book, you just start at the beginning. I'm pretty sure it's King James Version Bible, and I started reading from Genesis, and uh, I think. It was the first time I remember having any kind of interest in anything spiritual. Well, again, we're not in church. I don't really have Christian family, Christian friends. So what do you do? Well, I started watching church on TV. I started watching TBN and all these, you know, somewhat crazy uh, TV preachers. And, of course, I don't have anything to filter it through. I don't know if they're saying it's good, bad, indifferent. And looking back, I... I, uh, would have prayed what they'd call a sinner's prayer, you know, asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins and um, through through a television evangelist, which I think is, is significant in some ways, but I don't like, if somebody asked me today, like, you know, are you a Christian and when did you become a Christian? How did you become a Christian? I mean, I might allude to that, but it's really as I sit here as a grown man, I, I look and I say, you know, today my, I rest in, in Jesus and his forgiveness for me and and that he died for me and paid the penalty you know and, and whether that 
that transaction happened when I was 13 years old or 15 years old, or, or you know, I'm just kind of resting in that today. So, as uh, so, what happened at that point? So, I, I feel like the Lord has, has rescued me from my sins, and, and looking back, I really want to describe it that way. I don't think it was more me just have some personal mission to go find God. I mean, my my theology way I understand is God more came looking for me and forgave me of my sins. And uh, and so I began asking questions. I, I did have some neighbors that we we uh, played with all the time as, as young kids. And I just began telling them, I said, listen, um, I need, I'm talking about baptism. And I, was, I didn't understand what baptism was because I've never been in church. I mean, I literally didn't know what it meant to be baptized. Well, they these guys go to a particular denomination that really emphasized baptism, that it was a requirement to to be a Christian. So I went to thinking, you know, I thought, well, I wasn't a Christian. I thought I had become a Christian. Now they're telling me I'm not really a Christian because I hadn't been baptized. Well, that's very confusing to me because I didn't even know what it meant to be baptized. And I'm just a shy kid, you know, but I, I, I got the courage to go talk to my mom. I said, Mom, have I ever been baptized? Again, not knowing what it meant, what even baptism even meant. And she says, no, you have not been baptized, you know. And I think me asking that question, though, made her realize, hey, uh, Jason's starting to have questions about the Lord, and she she began to to maybe look into getting us involved in a local church. So time went on. We uh, began to go to church as a family. My brother was going to church. My mom and dad started going to church. And really, first time my dad in his whole life had been to church much. But I was kind of putting off baptism, but in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking I need to be baptized. And, and again, let me just clarify: I, getting baptized is a great thing. Um, you know, I wouldn't hold to the belief that that you'd have to be baptized to be a Christian, but um, certainly a, a good thing to do. Well, one day I'm out playing basketball with my brother and his friend, and we go to this other local church. And the pastor comes; he lives in this house. I guess you'd call a parsonage right behind the church. He comes out there to play basketball with us. We're playing two-on-two basketball, and this stuff's just weighing on my mind all the time. We get done playing basketball. My brother and his friends still play, and the pastor goes back to his house. Well, I'm just, I'm just got to have answers, you know. So I go knock on the pastor's door. You know, it's wasn't my pastor. It's just some guy come out there to play basketball with us. And I said, hey, can you uh, baptize me? I need to be baptized. Amen. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking, Amen. like, this is a desperate situation here, you know. Amen. And, uh, and he says, he started talking to me about the, the thief on the cross, you know, Jesus died with these two thieves on the cross, and and the one he told him today you'll be with me in paradise, and he's like, you know, he wasn't necessarily baptized, uh, you know, he wasn't baptized from the time he was hanging on the cross. He died and went to be with God in paradise. So at that point, I was like, well, maybe I don't have to be baptized. But anyway, point being, we we did become involved in church. My dad became a Christian uh, shortly after I did, and and my dad and I actually were baptized at the same time. So it was kind of a special uh, family time for us there and significant as I looked at my Christian life. And then I go off to college, uh, got involved with a, a college ministry that, that was was good for me. I kind of, first time in my life, I, I just thought Christian people are like in the youth group. It wasn't necessarily the cool kids that were in the Christian youth group. And in fact, I got involved in this college ministry. It was uh, more popular people, you know, college athletes and everything. And I thought, man, I guess you can be a pretty cool guy and still be a Christian. So that was sort of eye-opening to me. And I got done with college. I didn't have a lot of 
direction is what I want to do with my, my life as far as a job or anything. And I had met this pastor, and he talked to me about moving to his city, which was uh, Montgomery, Alabama. He was pastor of a decent-sized church there. He said, why don't you come, you know, be a part of our church before you, uh, you know, before you go off and do something. So anyway, I moved to Montgomery, Alabama and, and went to his church. I stayed there for 11 years, and it was there that I, you know, started a lawn business, and I got married and had kids and all that, and then moved from there. You met your wife. She was a Christian already, or? She was. I mean, she. We didn't. Uh, we were just introduced from a mutual friends of ours. She wasn't living in Montgomery. She lived up in Birmingham. You know, which is an hour and a half away. So we had mutual friends that introduced us. And then you know, we got married. Of course, she moved to Montgomery, stayed down there a while, and then we moved uh, to where I live now, which is kind of closer to where we both grew up. Um, you know, we moved there about six years ago. So, you know, I think. Uh, thinking through just things I've, I've learned as being being a Christian, what my journey's been like for me, looking back, I, I think uh, just the local church and the role that has played in my life. Again, I remember when I was in college, somebody told me, he said, when you graduate, don't move somewhere for a job, but move somewhere for a good church. You know, and I, you know, I, I mostly agree with that. I don't think it's bad to try to get a good job either, you know, but if you can get both, that's great. But anyway, I, I think I sort of took his advice and moved where they had this pastor who was really willing to take me under his wing and kind of give me a lot of personal attention. Just like we talk about lawn care, having a mentor, you know, I had a spiritual mentor. And that, you know, I think as I as I was sort of growing into these uh, real influential years of my life in my 20s and 30s and getting married and having kids and all that, you know, and just having a lot of men in my life who could help shape me. And so I, I just have real strong convictions about the local church and, and the role that plays. And even today, I mean, that's something we're, as a family, we just are, you know, very involved in church. Not, I'm not saying that church makes you a Christian, but as a Christian, you know, I want to live out my Christian life amongst other Christians and, and we minister to each other. I benefit from them. They benefit from me and to be part of that community of believers. And then I think as I've uh, grown in kind of understanding my theology and how I view, you know, there's all kind of people sometimes that are not Christians. They're like, why is there so many denominations and you got non-denominations and all these other denominations, so many different ways you view it. And I won't go into to detail about that, but I do think it's important to under your view of God, you know, and like I said, as I alluded to at the beginning of the story, God rescued me, you know, and I was thinking about my, I was thinking about today, actually, just kind of a, my in-laws collect some junk sometimes at their house, and there's an old truck sitting out there in their backyard, and I've been around for like 12 years in, in their family, um, from being married to my wife and that truck's been sitting there I'm pretty sure the whole time it's like a probably 60 something model truck that's all rusted up and I think you know and that's in some ways an illustration of what what I believe happens um, when God rescues us you know it's kind of like he it's not necessarily that I went looking for God like that truck doesn't just say hey I'm gonna become fix me up and and make me look right and run again you know like it might used to but it's it's more like a person sees that truck and and goes to it a dead truck that's full of rust and and then begins restoring it back to its original form and God 
saw me in his mercy and, and rescued me from my sin and now is in the process of restoring me back to what it should have been like all along before sin kind of ruined my life kind of thing, you know, and the fall. And so one day, it'll be after we die, we'll, we'll go to heaven and God will make all things new and all things right like they were. But it's, it's a long process, not easy, you know, but again, being a part of a, a Christian community helps us uh, through the process. What would you say to the guy listening that is like, man, I, I feel like I'm that teenager playing basketball and I got these questions and I, they're just stirring and I want to, I want God to clean me up. I want to be restored to the destiny, you know, that I'm created for. And, and those questions are permeating, but you just, you know, the mundaneness of life and the distractions, what would you say to someone that, that, that they they feel God's tugging them? Well, I, and I, I would describe it as that usually. I mean, I think, um, Again, my theology is that we're basically we're dead in our sins and trespasses. So if you if you're just dead in your sins, you won't have any desire for spiritual things. So if you feel that, it's probably a good sign that God is is um, working in your life. And you know, again, when I was searching and just trying to find answers, I was desperate. I actually, you know, I don't know if you ever watched TBN. Um, Paul, but I, I would, they had like the hotline on the bottom of the channel. Yeah. I called the hotline, man. I was desperate. I said, I'm calling the TBN hotline. I did it one. I think my parents had went out bowling or something. I said, man, I'm calling the TBN hotline. I, I remember I asked him about baptism, you know, because I didn't know if you, maybe you can be baptized over the phone. I didn't know what baptism was. And uh, so anyway, I called TBN hotline. The guy said, uh, and, and, you know, clarification I'll tell people on the, on the TBN some, and some of these TV pre, I mean, you, there's some that are decent, and a lot of them are just crazies out there, you know. But I looking back, I'm like, you know what? God spoke through Balaam's donkey, you know. He can speak mm-hmm. through a TBN preacher, you know, and whatever. So I called Holland. They sent me a Bible, and it was just a New Testament. And he told me, start reading in the book of John. John. yeah. And, and then to start, read through John, and then go back to Matthew and kind of read through the rest of the New Testament. And I read a chapter a day. And I'm telling you, I probably read a chapter a day for about 10 straight years with about, I could probably miss one day a year. I mean, I was just very committed to it because it was sort of fascinating and new to me. I wish I was as, as disciplined now as I was then. Um, but, you know, and you got you to gotta get in a church or you got to have Christians in your life that can kind of help you, you know, through the process. But as I, you know, you begin reading, people say, oh, the Bible is so hard to understand. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, it, it, some of it is it's definitely hard to understand, but the basic story of Jesus and him dying on the cross for our sins and we're sinners and we need to be forgiven is, is not not overly complicated to understand. Now, now to embrace it, to humble yourself, and you know, I think that literally takes a miracle. God has to strip us of our pride and convicts us, uh, convict us and convince us that we need to be forgiven. And once he does that, you know, um, then it, you embrace it because it's your only hope. And, you know, it's actually what we're created for. I mean, that's why I look at it. I was like, you know, we are created to live for God. And so you see it all the time. People are out searching for something to live for and just trying to fill up their time and their purpose, you know, until you find find that true purpose that you're ultimately created for. It's going to continue to be a frustrating journey for you. Amen. I, I heard it said it's like a square peg in a round hole. You, you just, right. I, it just ain't working. It just ain't working. But when you encounter like that thief on the cross encountered this Jewish man, Jesus, it all made sense. And, and when we, you know, experience God redeeming uh, love and salvation, life makes sense. And 
our desires actually change. I, I want to live holy now. I want to honor God now. I, I, I want to do what's right. And when I don't, I feel convicted and I feel uncomfortable and uneasy. I, I can't, I couldn't go live in sin if I tried. I mean, I could commit the sin, but I'd be miserable. Yeah. And, and I heard it say the, the most difficult place to be is a Christian who's living in the world because you, you can't really enjoy the sin anymore because God's pulling at your life. So the sin isn't, it doesn't satisfy, but you're not, if you're not living totally for God, then you're not really enjoying God because of sin and you're in this in-between place and it's the most miserable place to be. And, and yeah. so for me, it's that surrender and that, you know, God, I'm going to live for you and, and clean me up like that old truck. There's areas that need polished up. There's, you know, transformation, but I'll be moldable clay and, and here's all of me. Cleanse me and, and, and use me. And so... I appreciate you, Jason. Yeah, well, that's my story. You know, like I said, it, it, uh, I, I really look back and you think about God as I, as I look backwards and going through it, you don't know what's going on. You just, I'm just a kid trying to figure out spiritual things. But looking back, I mean, I look at it that God rescued me of a, basically a non-Christian family. He's actually transformed my whole family. I mean, I'm not saying everybody in my extended family is a Christian, but, you know, my parents are very active in church. My brother and his family are in church. My kids are in church. You know, it, it looks very different than it did growing up and hopefully for generations to come. So, I mean, I think God just pulled me out and rescued me and, and um, you know, like I said, not something that I was necessarily going looking for. I just think is, is he, he came and got me, and I'm very thankful for that. Amen. Well, we appreciate you sharing your testimony on uh, today's show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I'll leave uh, in the today's show description, I'll leave a couple of the podcasts that I personally listen to uh, that if you guys want to learn more about the Lord, uh, you know, definitely tune in on Sundays and, and I'll be sharing from the word. And then I'll share some of the folks that I'd be jamming out to throughout the week as well that uh, help me in my spiritual journey. So these are trusted folks. So, all right. Thank you, Jason. Thank you.